most birds of prey in Ireland and in, in many countries in the 1800s to 1700s, people generally thought that these were, were vermin, they thought they were bad, or that they were thought they were competing with humans for food. So in general, for a variety of reasons, populations were very significantly reduced. In some countries, populations were exterminated. Until recently, the story of birds of prey in Ireland was a sorry one indeed. Victims of fear and ignorance, many of these aerial hunters were shot and poisoned to extinction, with the larger species, like the osprey, bearing the brunt. Dr Philip Buckley of the National Parks and Wildlife Service. We don't have detailed documentation of what happened here in Ireland. This bird, if you like, its, its extinction or its demise nearly predated the beginning of kind of you know, the natural history or, or most natural history. We do know it was here in the, the 12th century when Geraldus Cambrensis, who was a clergyman who came with the invading army, but he, he was kind of the media man for the army at the time. But he also documented many observations in relation to wildlife in Ireland. And if you're reading the book he wrote, it's clear that ospreys were common in Ireland at that time. And if you move on to the end of the 1600s or beginning of the 1700s, other writers had seen and had recorded ospreys in Ireland. But when you go beyond that, the information on the species becomes much less and they became much scarcer. And they were certainly breeding in Killarney, going on for around 1800. But after that, records become very sporadic. So almost certainly they were exterminated by man over the course of one or two hundred years. And they were extinct, or virtually largely extinct, by the beginning of the, the 1800s here. A very odd pair after that. So, again... Birds of prey, they weren't thought to be a, a good thing. They were looked upon as being vermin and being bad. And there may also be an element with the osprey because it's a fish-eating species. People who had fisheries or maybe people who had trout ponds or whatever, they might have perceived the osprey as being a particular threat to them. In losing the osprey and other raptors, we lost key elements of our ecosystem. Apex predators sitting at the tops of their respective food chains. They had long played a vital role in regulating populations of other species, limiting the spread of disease and maintaining environmental health. Happily, in recent decades, the fortunes of several of these once lost large raptors have begun to change dramatically. This time, for the better. Some, such as the buzzard, have managed to do it by themselves. And after a long absence, these large hawks are now breeding once again in all 32 counties. Others, such as the red kite, the golden eagle, and our largest native bird of prey, the white-tailed eagle, have required a more hands-on approach by conservation bodies with successful reintroduction projects returning them to their rightful place in our skies. And now it's time for the osprey to make a comeback. There, that's the I'm very concerned call. Um, it makes a call when it's worried because the, the lead people in our group are now under the nest. But we'll try and do it as quick as we can and minimize stress to the bird. I'm in the Trondelag region of Norway, about an hour and a half drive southeast of the city of Trondheim. I'm with a team of scientists from both the Irish National Parks and Wildlife Service and the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research. The bird that you hear calling anxiously in the background is an osprey. 
The purpose of this expedition is to collect an osprey chick from its nest, one of 10 such juvenile birds that will be translocated to Ireland as part of this ambitious reintroduction programme. Lead scientist, Dr. Turgay Nygaard. Looking at it now through the telescope, we can see the female sitting on, on the nest rim, but it's difficult to uh, say whether there are one or two chicks in the nest. The nest is very deep and it's difficult to get a, a vantage point that makes it uh, able to see into it. It's a very big nest, isn't it? It is, and they keep building on it uh, the, through the whole season. Last night when I was here, the female came with a big stick and put on the nest. They have a habit of doing that. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. When they get bored, maybe, <laughs> something to do. Maybe <laughs> get their, their house better. The huge nest is located on top of a Scots pine tree in a clearing at the edge of a freshwater lake teeming with aquatic life. The perfect hunting ground for this king of the fishers. For uniquely among raptors, ospreys feed almost exclusively on fish. Normally they will hover about 30, 40 metres above the water. And they fly and they, they'll, they'll spot fish right under the surface. And they single out a fish. And then they can stand still and, and flap their wings for a minute or so, just focusing on the task at hand. And then they just swoop down into the water with a big splash. Gregorius Tonin wrote his thesis on the local osprey population. Adults can have a, a hit rate of, of 50% or more, whereas youngsters, they, they need 10 attempts to, in order to, to, to get a fish. But uh, they learn it with experience, and it's all innate, the, the, the fishing. So the, the parents never teach the young to fish. They're born with the skills. So and those talons are sharp, aren't they? They are sharp and quite powerful. And if you look at the talons compared to the body size, they're really huge. Ospreys have a very big talent-to-size ratio, uh, really. How good is their eyesight? Oh, well, it's better than, uh, than human eyesight, <laughs> yeah. but it's exaggerated that they have an eagle's eyesight and can, can see for miles. But they're very good at locating the prey species, of course, the fish. Mm. So they have, they have some uh, very nice adaptions, like the black stripe, to reduce glare from the water. Now talk to me about that black stripe. Well, the black stripe, basically, if you see the American football players who have the black under their eyes, yeah. it's the same thing, basically. You reduce glare when you're staring down at, at the water surface where the sun is, is shining and, and is reflected into, in order to locate their, their fish. That's why they have the, the black stripe, basically. But they've got to be pretty good at judging how deep down that fish is in the water, haven't they? They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are, and they can uh, dive down to a meter, one and a half meter deep. And when they come up, you see first their wingtips coming up and then they started helicoptering and eventually get lift. And uh, if it is a successful uh, catch, they, they, they will have the fish. They need one, one such a fish per spray per day. So I've seen them take pike, trout, arctic char, flounder, garfish even. Mm, everything is on the menu. Everything is on the menu. Everything is eaten, including the... How do you call it? The testines and, and everything. They're not wasting much of, uh, of the fish at all. And then how do they get that fish back to the nest without, one, it falling out of their grasp, or two, weighing them down? I mean, they have to be pretty precise about what size of fish they're going for, or do they? Is it just potluck? No, well, yes, they, they'll, they'll catch an, a, anything. Um, once they've caught a fish, 
it's quite interesting to see. Um, ospreys are zygodactylo, which means that they have a reversible outer toe. And they will turn the fish head first into the direction they fly. Then, if you see in the air, you, you will see them surf on the fish as if it were, as if it's a surf plank. One talon, it's, it's like this. In one, front of the other. One, one in front of the other, and then they fly to the nest. It's the most aerodynamical way of transporting a fish. Understanding osprey behavior was key to finding suitable nest sites from which to take chicks. I've been the one who has uh, been doing most of the nest surveys this summer in order to find out which nest ospreys were breeding and how far the development had come. And so I've been traveling quite a lot this uh, summer. I've, I think I walked about 200 kilometers in, uh, in the terrain this, this summer in order to do what I had to do. Uh, and your task was to find suitable nest sites suitable with nest enough sites, birds. With, with, with enough birds and, and with birds at the right age because we can't take them too young. Mm-hmm. We can't take them too late either because when you go up then, they might accidentally fledge before they're really ready to fledge. They, they, they will jump off. So you, you need to, to be in the window when they are about 35, 42 days uh, old. You say you walk 200 kilometers looking for these nests. How do you know where to look for an osprey nest? Well, you look at uh, the global area. How, how does the landscape look? Where are the large bodies of water? On uh, aerial pictures, you can see where there is pine forest and better is old-growth pine forest. So you limit that way places uh, where to look at. And, of course, some nests have been known for quite a while. And normal clutches around two or three birds, is it? They usually lay two to three eggs, and most often all eggs will hatch. And then you have two or three Ospreys on it, Ospreys chicks on it. And how does it affect the parents if you remove one of those chicks? Well, what I've seen before in, in, in other projects, they will look a bit bewildered to start with. I've also uh, seen osprey chicks being uh, predated by a goshawk, for example. Then you see the parents come back and they look around and they see, oh, someone's missing here. <laughs> but fairly soon after, they just settle in and continue what they're doing. The same will happen uh, today, likely. When we leave, within 15 minutes, the parents will be back on the nest yeah. and taking care of, of uh, the remaining young. How do you feel when you remove the bird? <laughs> well, on one hand, I'm uh, very happy to contribute to uh, re-establish the species in Ireland. Absolutely brilliant. On the other hand, yes, we have to intrude into their lives, basically. But it's for a good cause, and we know that they won't get too stressed mm. because of it. And you're hopeful that this would be a success, this Usually, reintroduction project? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said yes to, to participate in it. I'm very fond of ospreys, to, uh, to say the least. <laughs> We're at a critical stage in the mission, as a Norwegian forester prepares to ascend the tree trunk. Well, my name is Baro Moslet, the climber here in the team, and I uh, work for Torgeir and uh, Duncan. And uh, I have climbed in eight uh, trees in this week, and I pick up seven young. Totally, I have handed uh, 18 young. So it's a very good production this year in Trondag, so quite happy to help you to uh, reintroduce the osprey in Ireland. Ospreys typically lay three or four eggs in each clutch, and in common with most other birds of prey, normally begin incubation when the first egg has been laid, with a gap of two or three days between eggs. So we're um, at the nest now, it's an old Scots pine in a piece of open bog woodland beside a little lake 
and the birds, you can hear them calling above me from time to time as I'm talking, and Baru Mushlet, who is, is our climber, he's in forestry in his day job, is um, on his way up the tree. Dr Duncan John Halley is a senior research scientist with the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research. So we're trying to get this done as quickly as practical to, to minimise stress to the birds, but of course it always takes a little bit of time to achieve. The um, breeding season's been pretty good and the weather has been nice uh, the last days, so all of the chicks are pretty well fed, so we've not got any worries there. The, the chicks that are in the nest right now are, are certainly um, going to be in, in fine condition and we should, with any luck, wrap this up within half an hour. I can see one of the parents circling about 30, 40 metres above the nest site, and he or she is giving an alarm call. Yes, it's the female. She's uh, giving an alarm call and uh, from time to time and keeping an eye on what's going on. But these are very unaggressive birds. It's, uh, um, I've only ever heard of one occasion where one even came close to a person climbing the tree and they never strike so it's it's uh, from that point of view it's a pretty safe thing to do and the chicks are are pretty calm when you when you get them in the hand they just sit quietly they don't appear to be extremely stressed so um um so far yeah there's the bird calling it's um circling above the nest maybe 20 meters up and just keeping an eye on what's going on and the nest is huge also isn't it yeah, they, they just keep on building it and uh, what will happen with a nest like this is it will blow out in the winter quite often because it's, as you can see, it's it's just balanced on some flat branches at the top. It's not got big support from, from branches growing up on either side of it. So this is quite likely to blow out in the winter, but then they'll just rebuild it again and that will have happened time after time after time. Some of these have been occupied for at least 80, 90 years Um there are some nests that have been occupied continuously since since photography was around to record it. She's very concerned now. He's getting closer to the nest. There, that. That's the male over there. That call there is the seriously alarmed call. And up there is the other bird. So they're both... Over the, over the nest now. So she most likely was not only sending out an alarm call, but beckoning him to come he back. He will have heard it. Yeah. Will, will, have, will have come back to the nest. So I mean, How far would that call carry? Yeah, on a day like this, um, and if you're an osprey, it'll, it'll carry more than a kilometre, I would think. I don't know where he was, of course, but he may well have been on his way back. Doesn't look as if he'd got a fish with him, but he may also just have been sleeping somewhere in the location it's like i said the the weather's been very nice and and feeding the chicks has, has not been a problem in recent days that's the other bird calling now so they're both hanging around barrow is now about two-thirds of the way up the tree this is a pretty difficult tree it's uh you've got about six seven meters to go before there are any branches at all then it's it's uh quite a, a gnarled sort of tree which and you have to be careful about safety here. So um, it takes a little bit of time to get to the top. We need to be careful about that. Well, he's a professional climber. He's a professional. He's a forester. He's a forester. He? he knows what he's doing. And he's all roped And he's roped there. and he's got safety equipment and he's always tied on to the tree. So the most he can fall is maybe mm. a metre. But it takes time, of course, because you have to secure yourself every step of the way up. 
so he's now got maybe two metres to go before he's, he's at the nest, at which point we find out if we are right, <laughs> that we're pretty sure there are two chicks in this nest, but you obviously don't approach the nest closely, and in this case the nest is lying in such a position that near the nest you can't actually see in it. So we've only seen it from a considerable distance, so we're only 99.9% sure that there are two or more, sometimes there are three, chicks in this nest but the the moment of truth is approaching. There is little or no impact on the species when conservationists take a chick from an osprey nest. Crucially, they will only ever take one chick from a brood, ensuring that the natural balance is not disturbed. So, definitely too young. So we were right, but until you really see them in the nest, you're never totally sure. He said uh, there are there are two uh, two chicks and and one egg on the nest. So this is good. That means we can take a chick in order to be translocated to Ireland. So now it's a matter of getting the chick in a bag. These are again these are calm birds. They're relatively easy to do, but this nest is a bit tricky in the sense that from where Barrow is standing. You have to lean over into the nest from a from a branch that's maybe a meter and a half below the below the tree, and that's uh, a little bit of a balancing act. But he is carefully secured. Uh, he's got the bird in a bag, and he's about to lower it down to the people below. Uh, we'll take both birds out of the nest. Uh, one of them will be ringed and returned to the nest. We never take all the birds from the nest. We always leave at least one chick for the adults. Ospreys can't count, as it were, but if we took both of them, then suddenly there'd be no chicks in the nest, and that would stress the birds. The bird is now being unpacked. Um, They'll be processed. We'll take one of the sex that we want. Ireland has said they want 60% males, 40% females, because, remember, it's the males that return to the nest and attract in females. And they might attract in one of these females that we're taking over, but they might also attract in other migrating birds that are coming past. So that's the reason that we want a, a majority of, of males in, in the reintroduction. So the birds being taken out of the, of the um, cotton bag that it was sent down in, and then we'll look at both of them, try to tell which sex both of them are, which you can do 90% of the time, and then take the one of the sex we want. The other one will be ringed and have a Norwegian colour ring put on it as well. And then it will be returned to the nest. And we're also now bringing down the egg. That will probably be taken by my colleague Turgar as part of our monitoring of environmental toxins to see if there's um, any toxicological reason whether uh, that, that the egg may not have hatched. This will be the first bird of of the first group of 10 that we are sending to Ireland this year and ultimately we plan to send 50 to 70 over the next five years. We should take more birds in subsequent years but our first year here of course is always a little bit experimental. I've done it before, everyone has to get coordinated, it's a complex operation but it's gone actually really pretty smoothly this year so so we're, we're happy with how it's gone so far. The remaining complicated thing is getting it on the on the charter plane, which will be taking it two days from now to Ireland at a flight that should be at 10 o'clock in the morning and there's a great deal of um, paperwork and a lot of hurry up and wait involved usually. The osprey is the fourth raptor species to be the subject of an Irish reintroduction project. 
having already developed expertise through the schemes that have returned golden eagles, white-tailed eagles and red kites to our skies, the National Parks and Wildlife Service and its partners are well-placed to bring the osprey back to its former haunts around the freshwater lakes and coastal sea inlets of Ireland. But I was curious to know why they chose Norwegian birds. Dr Philip Buckley. Well, wherever we were going to get the ospreys, the, the country we were going to get them from, they'd have to have enough or a large enough population in their own right to be able to supply us with a number of birds over a number of years. So Norway was one such country. We have worked very closely with the Norwegians, both with colleagues and with the Norwegian authorities for a number of years on the eagle, the white-tailed eagle reintroduction programmes. So we know them very well and they know us and it was kind of a natural fit. After a long plane journey to Ireland, their first experience of flying, the 10 Norwegian osprey chicks are held in specially designed pens on farmland in the southeast of the country. Derek, you're very welcome. We're actually here on site this morning at our release site in the southeast. We've been very fortunate with the landowner in question. We have a lovely secluded site here with a nice estuarine habit in a very close proximity. We're very fortunate that it's been screened naturally with some nice um, willow, hazel and um, ash hedgerows around it. So we're, we're very fortunate here. So we're going to go down the trackway here towards the release site. Shami Hassett is the Divisional Manager with the National Parks and Wildlife Service covering Limerick, Tipperary, Waterford and East Cork. When we get down there, I mean obviously we're, we'll have the release pens which have been specifically custom built to deal with the project. Outside of the release pens we have a number of feeding stations and perches. We've also erected a number of artificial nest platforms. These platforms will be used to supplementary feed the birds once we've them released from the cage. It'll mimic exactly what happens in their natal territories where the parents would feed them post-release. The birds will get on the additional conditioning they need then to try and migrate down to the sub-Saharan side of Africa. The whole aim of the project is to ensure the viability that we get these birds from Ireland to Africa. And obviously then with the natural cycle we'd be hoping they would return in years two and three from there. And at what stage will they start breeding? Normally they would be in their third to fourth year before they re- arrive back to breeding territories. So the one critical thing for us is to ensure that we have the migration route right. Hence why we have a number of the birds fitted with tail tags which will allow us monitor their progress. And once we know that we have the correct migration trajectory confirmed, it will ensure the viability of the project. It's heartening to know that in the recent news from Fermanagh, it has proved that birds from Ireland now do migrate to Africa. Obviously with the birds and the really good news that they've been on site since 2021 and have successfully fledged birds this year, it's very reassuring and reaffirming for our point of view here that if we can confirm that our chicks make the same journey that we should have help to establish the breeding population here in the country. What's the reaction like locally or are people aware because it is a secret location are people aware of what's going on? Yes there would be a number of very keen I suppose ornithologists or bird watchers who are would be very keyed into obviously when the birds are on the wing. Um, now we're very fortunate we actually have a wild osprey here as well. I saw it on the way down. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was rubbing my eyes literally. You know I mean and it, it's it how would I say it kind of uh, reassures in our, in our site selection that if it's suitable for wild bred birds and our release programme works well um, it should it should, it should should augment well for the future. Yeah. And presumably that's on a bird en route on its migration to Africa and it's stopping off for feeding. Yes, it is, it is and I mean Ireland in, in the last number of years has quite a number of aspects migrating through. It's a little puzzling to me 
had, why they haven't established here. But I mean, right throughout the last number of decades, we have regular birds and some of them will stay over for a number of weeks, some of them a number of months. So it proves the habitat and the ecosystem is suitable for them. But I mean, it's, it's reassuring to see a wild bird here in the presence of the chicks we're releasing as well. So how many have been released to date? Well, with the final release today, we will have nine released. Nine? Nine, okay. yes. And are you hopeful they'll all make it back? Well, mortality in, in raptors is quite high in a natural context. Um, we'd be hoping that as many as possible make it back, but I would be very realistic and think that not all of them will. I mean, there is a natural mortality in migration. There's a natural mortality in the raptor population across all species, particularly ones that did endure long, arduous migrations like that. Mm, can you tell me about the holding pens you're keeping the birds in? Uh, when you're looking at the pens there, you'll see that they're approximately five metres in length by four metres in width um, and topping out maybe about 2.4 metres in height. They're a three-quarter solid structure with an open front. Um, the reason being it allows the birds have views very similar to they would have from a natural situation where they will see the estuarine area in front of them. It, it Everything is done to try and mimic the natural situation. And if you look just in front of the release pens, there's a number of literally T, almost like T-squares, and they're literally perches. Further out in the site, we have a number of smaller lower tables, which will be used for supplementary feeding. And along the peripheries, then, we actually have a number of artificial nest platforms ranging from nine metres in height down to about seven metres in height. Um, each of them are fitted with uh, an anti-predator slip guard and perches. So in the wild, on brooding sites like that where the female will be incubating, the male will normally perch within maybe a metre, metre and a half. And that's the idea of the Y-fronted perch attached to the site. So everything here is to try and mimic what the birds would do naturally in the wild. From the initial batch of 10 osprey chicks that arrived in Ireland from Norway, nine survived. They were fed a steady diet of fish and carefully monitored around the clock until they were large enough and fit enough to be released. BPs, is everybody in place? Can you just confirm that you're hearing me over? Conservation ranger Claire Herdman is one of the team monitoring the birds. So yeah, we can see he's right on the from the camera here. We can see him on the he or she on the perch there. So that's fantastic. Yeah, because we're a little bit worried about that bird because it had had a, a, a foot issue in the cages. So brilliant to see it fly. Took his time, but got there in the end. That's all that matters. The releases were deliberately staggered, with no more than two or three birds being set free at a time, so as not to shock or overwhelm them. Ornithologist Zoe Smith. We do what we call a staggered release, and a soft, well, and soft release, so it's a very calm release, there's no noise, the pens are opened very gently without them seeing a human. For example, this year we've done a staggered release. We've, we've opened one pen of two birds, and they came out and they felt they knew that the other birds were still in the pen. So that's held them in the area and brought them back to feed in the area because we then put food on top of the pen and other feeding tables. So that's held them in the area, but it's also showed the birds that are in the pen what's going on outside and kind of got they've got the instinct to go out and feed. So it works both ways and it's been really successful because we've had the birds still around the release site coming to feed and roosting around here, which is the objective. So that's been brilliant because you want those birds to regard this place as home. Yeah, exactly, and we want them to come back after their migration to come and breed here in a few years' time. The initial osprey releases began on Thursday the 24th of August 2023. On that very same day, by sheer coincidence, news broke of another milestone in the return of these magnificent birds. 
a wild pair had successfully nested at a secret location in County Fermanagh. So, uh, step back uh, two two seasons, uh, a springtime, a misty morning in in uh, in the hills in 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 County Fermanagh, and myself and my son were out doing some farm survey work, and uh, out of the mist appeared uh, this bird, which I knew immediately what it was. Made a little peep peeping noise, which is quite a sort of a it's not a distinctive noise or a, a loud noise, but I knew exactly what it was straight away, uh, and that was the first indication I had that there were birds doing more than just passing through Fermanagh. Uh, and that there was some sort of a breeding attempt ongoing. Giles Knight is an environmental farming scheme advisor with Ulster Wildlife, one of the leading conservation organisations in Northern Ireland. Giles had been watching the Fermanagh osprey pair as they made their nesting attempts, until finally they were successful, raising at least two chicks. The first wild ospreys to fledge on the island of Ireland in over 200 years. So that was 2021. Uh, myself and my son, 15 years old at the time, were absolutely thrilled by this discovery. Step forward a couple of years uh, and uh, my son, who's now 17, and myself have been keeping an eye on these birds. And much to our immense delight, this year, for the first time in our knowledge, these birds have bred successfully in the county. And this pair uh, have laid three eggs this year for sure. Two birds successfully fledged off the nest, which is the most amazing news countrywide. The third chick not necessarily survived, but that would be normal. Do you know, that might be a bit smaller than the other birds. So these birds were doing their thing, finished the breeding season now. They are currently heading south to uh, sub-Saharan Africa and they are somewhere probably in the south of Ireland, maybe heading across to France and then Spain, but they are on the move and the hope is that they will return to us late winter, early spring in 2024. So two successfully fledged. Were they ringed or tagged? No, because the observations that I made had to be at a significant distance because what I wanted to do most of all was to avoid any level of disturbance to these birds because they are very vulnerable in the early stages when they first pick a site uh, and they're very site faithful and I wanted to make sure that we gave them the best possible chance to keep coming back successfully by not annoying them. So evidence of rings or anything is, is not, not to be had. So did you inform the RSPB or the BTO or the farmer whose land the birds had decided to nest on or indeed the National Parks and Wildlife Service or Birdwatch Ireland in the south? My first instinct as a conservationist, a lifelong conservationist, I've been working with wildlife for 30 years at this stage and I was incredibly protective. My instincts were screaming at me, tell nobody, tell <laughs> nobody. However, you know, there comes a point when these stories will get out and then you want to actively manage them in a very progressive and a sort of a, a gentle but very positive way because there's that many bad news stories in the world of conservation. You want to sort of enjoy the good news stories when they come along because it is something to celebrate. So I told nobody for a very long time but then I told my colleagues within Ulster Wildlife uh, and then we have told the necessary agents in the area that needed to know in the short term but for now we're continuing to keep the location of the site extremely close to our chests. It's fair to say that news of this wild pair of ospreys and their offspring at County Fermanagh came as something of a surprise to many in the wildlife community across Ireland. But, as Giles insists, he felt that it was important to keep it a closely guarded secret, so as few people as possible knew about the presence of the birds. That said, I was curious to know whether there were any more ospreys potentially nesting in the area. 
No, that not currently. Now there have I'm been. I'm going to be sure. <laughs> you may not be telling me. <laughs> we, as as we understand it, there are no other uh, occupied nest sites that have successfully uh, produced birds this year, and that is has been the case for literally hundreds of years, not decades. And so this is such a thrilling uh, thing to, to to encounter. Listen, it's not for want of trying. Of various parties across the island of Ireland have been trying to get these birds to come back because they are a very natural part of our aviafauna and they totally belong here. For instance, in my home country of England, they'd say, well, why are there no ospreys in Ireland? The piles of water, the country is notorious for its rain and its locks and its rivers and all these waterways, lots of trees, there's lots of fish, there's lots of things for ospreys, but until now, these birds haven't settled and this is the big news story for 2023. Fermanagh is an ideal location for ospreys, with its wealth of lakes, abundant fish and numerous treetop nesting sites. And it's not the only county in Ireland to offer suitable habitat. After all, our island is not short of water, be it fresh or salt. And now that the threat of human persecution, the factor which first eliminated the osprey from Ireland, is much reduced, the time seems right for this bird finally to make its comeback. So another piece of our complex ecological jigsaw puzzle seems set to be restored. It's been fantastic to see another long missing bird of prey returning to the Irish landscape. And when we start to see these apex predators recovering in Ireland, it does a lot to balance the ecosystem. So I think it's really, really great news. When you think this species has been extinct as a breeding bird in Ireland for over 200 years, to have it back in the skies alongside other reintroduced species like the red kite, the white-tailed eagle, the golden eagle, and naturally re recovering populations like the buzzard, for example, peregrine falcons bounce back from near extinction, that is quite encouraging. And at a time when we hear so much environmental doom and gloom, so many very bad stories when it comes to the environment to see a bird like the osprey come back it does give us hope and it shows that nothing's ever really a lost cause you can have optimism we can bring these things back we just need to address the reasons for their declines and then once that's been done those stages set for them to come back Niall Hatch is head of communications and development with Birdwatch Ireland Birdwatch Ireland is really glad to see ospreys back. Uh, hats off to everybody in the National Parks and Wildlife Service, uh, also to Ulster Wildlife for protecting the, the pair that are now nesting in Fermanagh, and also to all the observers who've seen these birds and report them from on migration coming from Scotland or Scandinavia, wherever they may be coming from. We're learning a lot more about the presence of these birds in Ireland, and obviously this means also there'll be extra genetic diversity. We know we have these reintroduced birds coming in from Norway. We have these birds that have naturally recolonised Fermanagh. We don't know the origins of those. They could well be Scottish birds, maybe English birds. We have birds that are migrating through Ireland from elsewhere in Europe. They could be from Sweden, they could be from Finland, they could be from Scotland, probably a mixture of all of those. And as these populations start to mingle, we're going to see increased genetic strength, which is what you want when you have a, a low number of a population trying to re-establish in a country. So it's really good news, and all of us at Birdwatch Ireland are very glad to see it. As Niall has said, ospreys are regularly seen each spring and autumn on their winter migration at locations such as Loch Corrib in County Galway, Dundalk Bay in County Louth and the Murrah Wetlands on the County Wicklow coast. And as the population of reintroduced birds gradually builds, there is good reason to hope that some of these transient visitors might also choose to remain in Ireland to breed. Dr Philip Buckley. I think there probably will be links with the, with the Scottish and to some extent maybe with the Norwegian birds. We'll bring in enough birds from Norway, if you like, to set up the beginnings of a, of a, of a robust gene pool. But 
even as it is at the minute, the populations in Europe in general and the population in, in, in Scotland, they have increased very, very significantly in the last 10, 20 years. Consequently, or in line and parallel with that, there have been an increase in the number of, of sightings of ospreys migrating through Ireland, particularly in the spring, but also in the autumn. So we'll maybe have two or three things going on in tandem. We'll have the birds which we have brought in, hopefully coming back here to Ireland to set up territories here. But there also are already a number of ospreys migrating through Ireland, in particular from the Scottish population, and we expect that that will continue and it will increase. And if you like, if you join up that dot up or you join that bit of the equation up with us having birds here that we have brought in, then that, if you like, should be a greater attraction for the migratory Scottish birds to settle down and, if you like, expand the population here in Ireland. So we would hope like it will be a combination of factors acting together. But key to getting this up and running, because this species hasn't been a breeding species in Ireland for over 200 years or that way, or at least not in any, any numbers. So, I mean, it's critical, I think, that we initiated this project, if you like, because it's been a long time since they were here. And I think it's very important to try to reintroduce this species into Ireland. And, of course, confirmation that there was a successful breeding pair in Fermanagh recently. That's going to add to the gene pool. Absolutely. That was a, a very, very encouraging development. I'm, I'm, that pair have been summering in Fermanagh for two or three years. And now, if you like, Fermanagh and, and the north of Ireland, th- that's their home. So it's a very encouraging that they have produced young up there. And again, I think that could be the beginning of a natural recolonisation process. And if you like, if you ally, again, all these different um, parts of the equation together, our reintroduction programme the pair in Fermanagh and the increasing Scottish population, we think the future looks very promising. Back at the release site, the final batch of three juvenile ospreys is ready to take flight. The pen doors are open and the big wide world awaits. Hello, Claire to all stations. Just to confirm, the last bird of 2023 has flown from the cages. That's bird number nine and flying well from all reports. Over. Uh, Jamie here. He's just landed in the field. Probably some of the better views just landed in the cage. I'm thrilled by the spectacle of a fully-fledged osprey perched on a post, taking in its new surroundings. It's just incredible, Derek. Just to hear their call, but also to see them out perching. And they have such a beautiful silhouette on the skyline. Very, very special, I have to say. It's just um, quite spectacular and just a privilege to be here. I'm not alone in the specially constructed observation hide. Along with a selection of journalists here to report on the significant occasion is Malcolm Noonan, TD, Minister for State and Electoral Reform, with responsibility for the National Parks and Wildlife Service. They're a huge bird and, and interesting because we've um, looking at the at the size of them and the see the the crows taking a lot of, a lot of interest in them as well. Obviously, they're they're mobbing them there. They're quite spectacular looking and just I mean I got the opportunity to see them in the hides up close the other day and just the markings on them, their eyes, they're just really very 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 beautiful. So it's interesting to see them and very very exciting. Have you ever seen an osprey before? No, I never have. Uh, not in the wild, no, and not even in captivity. So it's, as I said, it's a great privilege to be part of it and to, just to see the care that has been taken by the staff here, the team here, and also the landowner. We met with the farm family here and they've just been fantastic, so accommodating to 
the team here are coming here day in day out feeding the birds and we're so impressed by them and their dedication and care to it as well and our Norwegian partners so it's it's a hugely exciting time I think for nature in Ireland. So this is right up your street though. It is yeah I mean you think about this stuff as you grow up but to be part of something like this and to have the opportunity to start funding and supporting and having uh, sufficient staff and teams to work on these projects is what this is all about and you know okay this is this is important the reintroduction programs are really important but critically too we have to restore our habitats we have to get connectivity into our habitats we have to do a big job of work in restoring nature so that the success of these reintroduction programs will be part and parcel of the restoration of nature in Ireland. People ask me what biodiversity is. This is what it is. This is what it is. It's about um, the, the, the whole sum of the parts of... The, did you hear that? Oh, my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> but the, it's the connectivity of nature and, and having uh, predators like this in their skies and having the opportunity to start uh, reconnecting these species with our landscape. And I think, in particular too, I think our landowners, our farmers, have a huge role to play. We need uh, farms that work well with nature. We need to be supporting farmers Mm. to do that. And uh, that's going to be uh, a huge part of our work over the next number of years. Everybody has to buy in. Everybody has to buy in. And, you know, this, you know, no more than the work that you do, Derek, and your team, I think people are very connected to it. This particular bird that the osprey has really captured the public imagination. I think more than many of the reintroduction programs that we've had, even with the white-tailed seagulls. But this one, I think, really has connected with people and uh, they, they see now it's important to them. While the climate challenge is a, is a tricky one to get people's head around, nature recovers very quickly. When you start doing the right things, the right measures, nature starts to respond very positively and very quickly. It's important to remember that unlike the other raptor species that have been reintroduced to Ireland, ospreys are highly migratory, departing Europe each autumn for their wintering grounds in Africa, south of the Sahara Desert. This means that these juvenile ospreys will only stay in Ireland for a few weeks after fledging. Dr Philip Buckley. When we got the birds, they have to be taken off the nest in Norway by a team of collectors. They have to be before they fledge, before they can fly. So they were this year's young. They were collected in nests in Norway. There were 10 of them and they were brought here to Ireland at the end of July. And we kept them at a site in the southeast of the country in holding pens or release pen where we, we fed them and monitored them on a close basis. And after about four or five weeks, we opened the pens and released the birds into the wild and they were in tip-top condition and nine of the ten of them survived to that stage and they left the cages and flew around perfectly when they were let out. And very importantly then, after we had released them into the wild, we wanted to keep them in that area for a while, for a number of weeks, for two reasons. One was we wanted them to, you know, these birds had come from a situation where we were feeding them to one where they were now in the wild by themselves and they had never fed before. So we supplied a feeding station with fish on a, on a regular basis to give them with a food supply, if you like, to enable the transition from being looked after full time to looking after themselves. And the other reason we wanted to keep them around the area where we had them for a number of weeks was because the osprey is a migratory species and, and they will head to Africa and they're, they're probably just about thinking about it now. But then they have to come back from Africa to Northern Europe and they need to come back. In our case, we want them to come back here to Ireland. So it's important that, if you like, the locality where they were, where they were brought up or where they spent the first couple of weeks flying around, we want that information to imprint on them so that 
when they do come back from Africa, they would hopefully come back here to Ireland. The migratory routes of ospreys is not yet fully understood, but early signs are encouraging. Information received from tracking devices fixed to some of the birds shows that they are heading in the right direction. It's a journey full of hazards, and the odds are that not all the young birds released will survive to return to Ireland and breed. This natural attrition rate is one of the main reasons why the project aims to release between 50 and 70 young ospreys over the course of five years. Zoe Smith. So in a natural nest, uh, when it comes to migration in the autumn, the female is the first to leave, so she sets off on her migration. She leaves the male to keep feeding the remaining young, and then he leaves, and the juveniles are the ones that, that leave last. And then the juveniles will spend a whole year in Africa on their wintering grounds, so they'll spend that whole year not returning, and then after the second year they come back and the males are very sight faithful, so they tend to come back to where they were hatched out and where they regard as their home. So this is what we're hoping from this project, that the males will return and they are critical to um, establishing the population. So the male comes back first and he starts to build up the nest platform or the tree nest and then he will get fish and start displaying, trying to bring in, draw in and attract his mate. And then the females are the second to return, but they are not as sight faithful and they can go many kilometres from where they were actually hatched out and they will be attracted in by seeing a male and his big nest. So when you say displaying, what do you mean he displays with a fish oh, after okay. building the nest? <laughs> I mean display, so he does a, a type of a flight that we describe as a display. So he's got his fish and he's flying up and down and we call that a display flight, which is trying to attract female's attention and get her to come back and start breeding with him. Presumably he only does this if he sees a female in the area. Oh, you can see them actually doing that even before the um, females have returned. I'm not sure if they're practicing, but they're also defending their territory from other males because they want to show the other males, like, this is my territory, you find another nest site. Mm. <laughs> and you've seen this display, have you? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that in the highlands of Scotland uh, this spring. So that's a really amazing sight and really interesting. But it's she who chooses him, not the other way around. Yeah, usually it's the female that comes back second and chooses the male. And what are the chances of these birds coming back here? Well, I think it's roughly about 70 to 75% mortality. So we're only going to get about 30% of the birds coming back. But we hope that as we've done this um, release in a very calm and thoughtful way and they haven't had much human interaction, that they should feel comfortable and secure to come back to this nest site. We once believed that Ireland had lost the osprey for good. We humans had driven it to oblivion. It's still too early to say for certain that the future of the osprey in Ireland has been secured, but it is definitely looking more likely now than at any other time over the past two centuries. And if the plan works, the restoration of the osprey will be another milestone along the road to the recovery of an entire ecosystem. Another long lost piece of that complex jigsaw puzzle that we can finally slot back into place. <laughs>